It's the Power Hour LSU podcast. Let's go! On to Georgia. Ha, ha, ha. Your SEC West champions. Oh my goodness. We just weren't our best today. Um, I'd like to give you a reason why we weren't, but we just weren't our best today. And we needed to be better. So... That, of course, was Brian Kelly. I want to ask you a question. What do you think was the biggest reason why LSU lost versus Texas A&M? And I actually did a YouTube and Twitter poll. Um, And the reason why I think it's important to discuss this is because it's something that we need to specifically change for the Georgia game. We'll get to that in today's episode. And... uh, It's something on a macro scale that we need to discuss about this year's LSU Tiger football team. Okay? Now, it's important to acknowledge that Saturday cost us a chance to go to the college football playoff. Right? And that's very important. Now, I'm not a championship or bust mindset kind of guy, but some of you are, right? Some of you view Saturday as meaningless, right? This will be the first time if LSU is to win this, uh, if LSU is to win this game on Saturday, it will be the first time that the SEC championship winner won't get into the playoff if LSU is able to get it done. Right. So Saturday might not mean anything to a lot of you because you're a national championship or bust person. I think that is a wrong way to look at things, but you do you. But the simple truth is Saturday losing to Texas A&M a albeit very talented, four and seven, but now five and seven team. We win that game. Saturday is a chance versus Georgia to actually go to the college football playoffs. So it is important to understand the significance of what actually happened on Saturday. I did a YouTube and Twitter poll, and I did get a very interesting batch of results. So I gave a few options. I gave the LSU defense. I gave Jaden Daniels. I gave coaching, and I gave other as a response. And the LSU defense on both polls overwhelmingly won, right? Over 50% of the votes. So, you know, I I found that to be very interesting. It was roughly 420 total votes. So the LSU defense was, you know, the biggest culprit in the minds of many of you, and you'll probably say uh, the same thing. So I'm going to actually defend the LSU defense today. And it was not their fault on a macro scale, but it was for this specific game. And I promise it will all make sense. So, you know, I do these film breakdowns on YouTube and I'm not going to get too filming as to what went wrong. But what I found to be very fascinating was Brian Kelly in post-game press conferences, and I brought this up on the podcast before, is amazingly astute in pointing out what actually went right and wrong right after the end of games, right? You often hear coaches, hey, we need to go look at the film to see what actually went wrong. And this was honestly, to me, the first game where Brian Kelly felt very perplexed by the result. And I think all of us were. I think even Texas A&M fans were. So 
I, I listened to the Brian Kelly press conference, and this is part of the reason why I waited to release this podcast episode uh, to and do this podcast episode today because I wanted to see what Brian Kelly had to say in the Monday press conference after digesting the film. And we really, I, I don't think anybody really asked him, um, hey, what did you see on film? Um, maybe, you know, I'm recording this right after. Maybe I missed it, but I don't, I don't think anybody asked Brian Kelly, hey, you know, after the game, you said it was tough to really point at something. What do you think happened on both sides of the football? Um, and, and we won't know, right? And rightfully so, we're kind of turning the page for Georgia. But on a micro scale, the LSU defense was objectively bad versus Texas A&M, right? Um, you know, we brought it up in the film study. You won't get too filmy. Once again, if you want to see what I would have done differently, and I, I point out a few things on the film study, go to Power Hour LSU on YouTube and you'll see it. Um, a lot of it was contained responsibilities, and it's not just on the defensive ends. It's it's everything, right? And it honestly, to me, was more of a coaching thing because the same thing kept happening over and over and over again. And uh, um, Texas A&M only had a few players really do anything, right? Wigman only had to throw 18 times. Really only two players played spectacular. Ache in the running back, number six. And um, Muhammad, who made just these ridiculous uh, Randy Moss type of catches. And like uh, Brian Kelly said, they made a lot of big-time plays. But we were all just shocked. Where was this Texas A&M team all year long? So... It was very, very, very strange. But Matt House had been our best coach all year long. You could make a very strong case that Matt House himself is the biggest reason why we're SEC West champions at this point. All right? So, yes, he does shoulder a lot of the blame for this game. This was his only bad performance on the year. The only one. I will not take Tennessee as an answer for this reason. They were in really good spots all game long because of special teams and offensive errors, right? Florida um, was a bad second-half performance. We allowed that 80-yard touchdown run to Anthony Richardson, but at least we were decent in some spots there. So really only Florida was the only other rough spot for him. But other than that, we confused Bryce Young and we were flat out dominant versus Alabama, excuse me, Auburn and Arkansas, where if we weren't dominant in those spots, we would have lost. We would have lost, okay? So I got to be honest here. This is not on that house because college football is an offensive game. All the rules favor the offense. They had all the favorable calls. And when all those things begin to break itself down, you need your offense to go out there and win you a game. And guess what? This game was not a blowout. Yes, they were controlling the pace. Yes, they were controlling the line of scrimmage. But it was still a one-possession game for most of the game. This is where the offense, for one time, outside of, of course, Bryce Young making plays and 
our offense coming up in big spots in the fourth quarter there. Previous, though, our defense was playing so well. This was the one game where our defense from start to finish played poorly, and we needed Jaden Daniels, Mike Dembrock, and the LSU offense to dig us out of the hole. And they didn't. Okay? So, let's talk about this on two different levels. The LSU offense this year, we talk about that magical number all the time, 6.2 yards per play offensively, okay? We've got to be better. In only two games this year, we have averaged six yards per play or better versus Power 5 competition. That is against Ole Miss, and that is against Florida. That's it. All the other games are 5.6 and worse, okay? Including two road stinkers versus Arkansas and Auburn, right? That's unacceptable. And for this road game, we needed you. We had two really bad drops. Won't single out that person. He's gone through the ringer enough. We had some really bad protection issues in the middle of the offensive line. Another rough performance, uh, especially there um, on the road. And I think Brian Kelly's going to make some tough evaluations before we get to Georgia here. But honestly, Jaden Daniels had a chance to win us a game. And in the first half, he was magnificent, honestly. Um, setting protections and the drops just killed it, right? But in the second half, we get a stop from the defense. We need Jaden to go out there and win us this game. You have the fumble. They take the lead again. And then on the next drive, we have a bad holding penalty that stops the drive, but it's third and 16. Um, Jaden had a wide open Jack Besh and Jeray Jenkins. And he didn't make the play. And honestly, I felt that play. Look, fumbles are going to happen. Scooping scores are going to happen. But great players make that throw. And Jaden didn't make the throw. He was deciding between whether or not to run it and throw it. And at the last second, he decided to throw it. And he missed Jack. And it would have been a first down. That is where the game was lost. And I know it's the LSU defense. And they had a career day running for the first time, right? You got to cut Matt House some slack. He's won us so many games this year. This was Harold Perkins' first rough game as a Division One Power Five player. His first one. You got to cut him some slack. You got to cut Micah Baskerville some slack. This was the only one, the only one. And we needed our offense in an offense of generated sport. I didn't say that smoothly at all and they didn't do it now I still love this team I still love this LSU offense but I'm tired of all the finger pointing at the defense so it's important to view college football not only in individual games but clusters of games right because at some point the defense is going to have just a bad stinker. And at some point, you need the offense to get it done. And they didn't. Now, is that me being anti-Jaden Daniels? No, because he honestly was good overall on the game, right? He had a, a plus 80 QBR. 
I missed a lot of throws. We pointed it out on the film study. One at the end to Mason Taylor that is unforgivable, quite honestly. But go to the film study, and I, and I showed you all the missed throws and all of that stuff. Okay? Uh, but overall, he, he was fine, right? Um, but, you know, as a whole, we have to look at this offense and reevaluate everything, right? Only two of our nine Power 5 games, six yards per player better. That isn't good. And I, I misstated yard per play data for the defense. You know, the LSU defense has had now four games where the opposing team has had six yards per player better. Auburn, Texas A&M, Tennessee, and Florida. So, you know, it, it goes to show you that, yes, we are SEC West champions, and we should be very ecstatic about that. But it was a little bit of some smoke and mirrors here. And look, I understand, you know, the the rebuilding of the roster and the uh, the reset, the cultural reset of this program. Brian Kelly does deserve a lot of Coach of the Year votes. Um, but, you know, it, it, this was a opportunity for us to find a way to get into the college football playoff. And, well... We, we could have dug ourselves out of a difficult hole, and we didn't, okay? So it's it, it's tough. It's it's just the harsh truth of the situation. Now, hope you guys leave this a five-star review. I know a lot of you probably won't uh, because it does come off really, really, really tough, but I still am very freaking happy about this program, including going to Atlanta for the SEC championship game. I'm really excited about that. Now, what I will do is, like we always do, give you one little extra nugget at the end of today's podcast, is that we do have the Georgia game, and we will have an episode coming out later this week um, regarding this Georgia game. <laughs> you know, there was a little pause there because, man, they are really solid, and they have been in this spot more than we have in recent years. So... Yes, it's going to be difficult because a lot of what Georgia does well is what Texas A&M did well versus our defense this past weekend. And, of course, um, you know we'll do a film breakdown of this later this week, but Kirby Smart is oftentimes known for uh, some of his defensive alignments on uh, versus mobile quarterbacks. He gave a seminar uh, about it on Twitter uh, that's gone around on Twitter, and he's one of the best defensive lines in the sport. Um, but I do think LSU bounces back, right? We've seen this just throughout college football this year. When a team has an ugly loss, you see so often how well they bounce back. And we've seen that with LSU throughout this season. So, you know, hopefully we will see the same on Saturday. And I do think Madhouse, Mike Dimbrock, and LSU uh, with Brian Kelly will have a better game plan. Now, once again, we need some injury luck to go our way this week, and hopefully it does go our way this week. Still love Jaden Daniels, still love this team, but that was the harsh reality on Saturday. It is the BHL Podcast, baby. Bah! And tonight, we are doing uh, some gumbo night three. Let's go.